the Gemara says, Kosha Atika Michadeta. Kosha Atika. Atik. It's related, I believe, to the Latin word antique. Something which is old. Kosha Atika Michadeta. It is more difficult to learn something which is old to you than Michadeta than something which is new. There are probably a lot of reasons why it's difficult to learn something which is old. The obvious reason is that, well, I know it, I feel I understand it, and it very well might be that you don't understand it, but the, the grain of the mind runs in such lines that Something which is old, you don't want to approach with a strong motivation, with an energy, with a freshness. There is a topic which is very, very old. It's very old. It's bandied about. It's very difficult to discuss this topic. It's very difficult to learn about this topic. But because of its extreme significance, we have to try. And we have to try and learn it with a, uh, with a freshness, with a, uh, with a sensitive ears because of its significance. The topic is the Hebrew word das. Das. For just for discussion's sake at the beginning, before we put it perhaps in its sharp perspective, call it intelligence, call it wisdom, call it knowledge, some form of knowledge, das. The Torah, the Chazal, have some peculiar things to say about das, about wisdom, and there are some peculiar psukim sentences about wisdom that I'd like to attempt just somewhat to, to, to discuss them. We'll start off with the Pasuk in Mishlei in, in Kapitel Chavdalet. Ubedas chadorim yimlo. With das, ubedas, chadorim yimlo. With das, with intelligence, you can fill rooms. Kol hoin. You can fill the rooms with all kinds of riches. Yoka. With all kinds of valuable objects. Vinoyim. And all sorts of pleasant things. Listen to a pasuk in Mishlei. You can fill a room with knowledge. And with intelligence you can fill a room. Yoko. With expensive and precious items. Noim. And with pleasant and sweet items. What is this pasuk talking about? Mishlei is a safer that Safer of, 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 of Musa, of enlightenment, of, of chastisement, of speaking to a person, 
trying to enlighten a person. What does this? Here the Pasuk speaks about das, about wisdom, and it's so mysterious, so cryptic. You could fill a room with wisdom, with, 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 with precious items. How does wisdom turn into precious items? How does a room become filled with wisdom? Try and understand that sentence. Then you come to the Gemara. There's a very peculiar Gemara in Brachas. The Gemara speaks about the virtues of wisdom. Das! The Gemara says, Gidoilo Deya. Das is so good, so significant. That the word das, the word for intelligence, the word for knowledge, the word for wisdom is placed in the Pasik between the two names of the Rebbanishon. The Gemara says, Behold, take note. You want to know how to relate to wisdom, to intelligence? So the Gemara says, oh, it's so significant, it's so important that in the Pasik, the word Das is placed between two names of the Rebbe Now what does that mean? If you want, you'll tell me, oh, yes, listen, it's put in such a prominent place. It's put in such a prominent place. It must be important. But I don't think that that exhausts the meaning of the Gemara. I don't think that that's just what the Gemara means because it's placed between two names of the Rebbe It's in such a uh, uh, prominent place. I don't think the Gemara is talking about prominence. If it's not talking about prominence, what is it talking about? In Pirkei Ovis it says, This cosmos and all that's in it was created in an evolutionary process. Not the evolution of Darwin, a different evolution. And it went through ten times in Chumash it says, Vayoyma, and he spoke and he said. So the Mishnah asks a very logical question. Of what significance is it that he created a world with ten dictums, with speaking ten times? The world could have been created with one vayoyma. The Rabbi Shalom said, let there be a cosmos, and there it is. Shazam. Mara asks a very good question. A very courageous question. What is the significance of a ten times vayoyma? Mishnah and Avesk is a peculiar answer which we have to understand. Liparam in a 
to inflict punishment upon the wicked, that the Makrev of world which was created with ten times by Yoima, and to give recompense and reward to the righteous. The question is fantastic. The answer, I don't understand. In Chumash, it says ten times by Yoima. So the Chazal teaches that the world was created in a process, in a mysterious process where the Rabbanish Lund created the world with ten dictums. We don't know what that type, what type of articulation it was. We don't know what it means. But it says ten times by Yoima, and this was the process of, of, of cosmic creation. So the Chachamim and their courage of Kedusha, the Chachamim ask, the Chachamim ask, why did the Rebbe have to do it in ten times? He can do it in one time. He could economize. The question is strong. The question is logical. The question is honest. The question is courageous. And the Torah encourages questions. And what's the answer? Well, it, we, it was said in ten times in order to punish the wicked that they destroy a world which was created in ten steps, it was so intricate, and to give reward to the tzaddikim that they sustain and give sus- and, they, and, and, and they give strength to a world which was created in ten victims. So what does that mean? We mentioned this chazal a number of times. The maral Miprak in Perkiovis and the Achaim explains it. A shift of light into a dark world. I would say that 90% of our worldview is chaotic. The morale says that the 10 times that the Rabbani Shalom created the world with the word Vayoyma, and the reason why he didn't say it in one time was to teach us that the cosmos is a cosmos of order and symmetry. To enlighten us that there isn't randomness and casualness in the world. The phenomena of nature is not incidental, but there's an order. A mysterious, phenomenal order in the world. Do we know that there's an order in the world? You know, if we knew and we're conscious of the problems that exist around us, our, our, our mentality couldn't survive it, it would break down. You know, in the 60s, the young people brought to our attention that there's an ecological problem. You know, well, all right, you know, yeah, we talk about the ecology. To me, I shrugged it off, you know, youthful idealisms, a hack and a china, you know, what, well, you know, kid. What are they talking about? I, I, I discarded it. Then I began to read what's going on. 
I began to read what's going on. A company pours poison into the ground and keeps it in, in, in storage in the ground and it seeps into the water. And Niagara Falls. And poison and people get sick. And Manalitzlan, people die. The whole, the whole balance of nature is destroyed for hundreds of miles around. This is not an isolated incident. And you begin to see, you begin to read what's going on. You laugh at me. Years ago, there used to be a good herring. So I asked my friend, Mr. Brescher, who's in the fish business, what happened to the good herrings? Is there no more good herrings? What happened to the good herrings? They, they, they depleted the oceans. You know you have organizations, save the whale. I wanted to start an organization, save the herring. <laughs> but the oceans are depleted. So we, we're busy with our daily things, and we don't think about it. So you begin to read about the depletion, the procedure. There are ways for, to allow the fish to hatch and, and to recapitulate the abundance of fish in the sea. But people are evil and greedy. They don't want to let them do that. Now I can make an instant profit. I'm not, I don't care. There is, there is a mean short-sightedness that doesn't recognize the chain of nature. You can go on and on and on and on and on. There's researchers in every area. In every natural, biological area, there are things. What is this? This is an evil that fails to recognize that there's a Seder in the breed. The Tana said that the Torah wrote ten times by Yoima to teach Klal Yisroel that you should know there's a Seder and there's an order in the Bria. There's an order. And it's not just an ecological order that one must respect. And in the life of a human being there's a Meridic order. There has to be an order. The, the end of the Bechira, the end of Bechira is, the end, the goal of Bechira is to bring symmetry, kindness. Everybody will say, oh, kindness is the greatest thing in the world, to be kind. I wish I could be kinder, kind, kind, kind. No, but we learn in the Gemara, Kol Rachman al-Hagzari, Rachman. The Gemara says, you're indiscriminately kind and you're kind to a, to a sadist or to a wicked person. The end is, you're going to be wicked to, to a kind person. Everything is order and how much and when. How much and when. Everybody wants to be good to a child. No one wants to, 
to, to punish a, a child physically, uh, uh, corporeally, corporeally to hit a child. Oh, the Gemara says in Marcus, 2,000 years ago it was recorded. You must sometimes hit a child. I've seen in my experience uh, as a teacher, I've seen children that weren't hit. Animals. I don't say she hit. I'm not, I'm not coming here to say to push hitting the children. But a child which is not taught. With a, a child where, where some, I don't want to use that ugly word fear. You know, I don't mean fear, fear, the sick fear. But where a child is, is, is uh, he does. I want to do this, I want to do that. Uh, where, he, where, he, where, he's, where he's not taught to, to, to see consequences of his behavior, you're raising a, 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 I, don't know, I don't know what. And if you think I haven't seen such people in their 20s and in their 30s, Carrying on tantrums when they're married and having children. Because mommy never, mommy and daddy never stopped him. And if his wife dares to stop him, she's not a good wife. And my life's some rough, you know. The whole Torah is, sim- is, is to achieve to achieve a symmetry and a balance. The Russia, in his evil, the morale says, is taught. What do you think evil is? Oh, they're going to write you down in a book and they're going to turn the heat up when you get up there. You don't know what it is. Evil is you're breaking and, dis- and, and ruining the symmetry of a world which, in order to function, must be symmetrical. It has to be balanced. A fellow told me this week, a kid fell off a fence in Borough Park. Shabbos. Baruch Hashem, nothing too bad happened to him. But the kid, you know, fell off the fence and hit its head. It was uh, lost consciousness for a while and was Shabbos. So it was near the garish steeple. So a young man runs out with payers down till here, throws off his talus. And a taxi was passing by, takes the kid and runs into a taxi, takes the kid to the hospital. Chapter 2. So you're young, another guy goes over, you know, young, uh, religious. Uh, oh, it's Shabbos. It's not too bad. That's imbalance. The halacha says that when it comes to a question of, of, of sakona, of danger, of health, to a person, to a child especially, not the small Talmud Chacham has to be Machal Shabbos, but you need the Chil Shabbos has to be from the biggest Talmud Chachamim, perhaps to impress that life, the Chayvah, supersedes Shabbos. Shabbos is everything. But in the time of Sakana, the balance goes that way. The, the, the symmetry is not frozen and stagnant, there's a fluidity. Here's, here's the, 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 the secret. The symmetry is fluid. It's flexible, it's moving. Today you have to be kind, and the next minute you have to, you have to be cruel. Now you have to laugh, and now's the time to cry. 
And all this is an order and balance. How, who, how do you come to that order and balance? There's a little machine in a person which is called Das. And the Gemara asks, how come? Moitzi Shabbos. When you say the weekday Shemnesra, you, you make Abdullah, you say, you say it, and that bracha you say it. So the Yerushalmi answers, if a person doesn't have das, so he has no discretion. You're telling me to differentiate between Shabbos and, and the weekday, you're telling me to differentiate between the sacred and the profane in time, in the aspect of time. It must be in the brach of das, because the mechanism which teaches me discretion is das. Listen. The Gemara says, this mechanism of das, of intelligence, is so great that it was placed between the two names of the Rabbi Shalom, Kael Deus Hashem. What does it mean, a name of the, of the Rabbani Shalom? What does it mean when we call him a name? We say the Rabbani Shalom's name, Hashem, the Rabbani Shalom, his name. What kind of name? Ain't like Guf, ain't like Tmuna, the Rabbani Shalom's incorporeal. <laughs> we, we, cannot, we cannot ascertain his substance. We can't apply the word substance to him. So what do you mean he has a name? What kind of names? So, the Rishonim taught us, the names means how he reveals himself in the cosmos, how he functions in the cosmos. We don't know him, but we see his hand. We see his works. You take a look at the sky, you know the Rabbanshton created it. You see his creation. So we give that a name. Rachum, Bechanon, Erechapayim. Kale, Hashem. In other words, the name is how, how he rules the universe and how he makes the universe function. So the Gemara says a fantastic thing. Intelligence, das. Das is also an instrument but in the human being, which is in a way similar to the Shemus Hashem, intelligence, has the same function as the names that we give to the Rabbani Shlomo. Just as the names that we give to Rabbani Shlomo, we say he's a Rachum, the Chanon, the Chesed. Well, how do we live? We deserve what we have. I don't believe that each one of us says that we, we deserve what we have. Baruch Hashem, we have everything. Our grandparents didn't have what we have. But the Rabbani Shlomo is a Rachman, he gives us. So we function through that media, through that characteristic of Ramonis. So the Gemara says, Das is that instrument which makes a person function. One moment. In other words, you can say, you can paraphrase it and say in other words, if you're using your Das, your function, to the, to the proportion, in proportion to how much Das you're using, that's how much you're functioning and giving meaning to your life. And in proportion, how much das you're not using, to that proportion, that's how empty and shallow your life is. One minute. I mentioned before that the symmetry of the world is fluid. It's moving. It's constant. There's this, 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 this motion. 
It's constantly moving, and a person must constantly decide. I don't think we have yet a computer that can add up the decisions that every ordinary human being must make from the time he opens up his eyes in the morning to the time he goes to sleep at night. Meaningful decisions. You wake up in the morning. Ah, good morning. I had a Rebbe. I told you. I had a Rebbe. I once said good morning to me. Ah. I shriveled up. I was amazed. The next day, my other Rebbe came in, so I was afraid to say good morning already. I, had a, I was a young boy. So I didn't say good morning. She called me over. She said, the Bacharel, come over here. She says, why didn't you say good morning? So I, so I was naive. So I, said, I told him. I said, I said good morning to somebody, to one of the rabbis, and he growled at me. <laughs> so I'm afraid to say good morning. Maybe it's improper. The other person, the first person, who was a big person, but that was a shortcoming, he failed the test. He had problems on his mind. Numerous problems, but when a, when a teenager, when a 15-year-old boy gets the courage to say good morning to you, and you don't answer him properly, you are asymmetrical. Because that good morning is significant. A good morning is very significant. You think a good morning is not significant? I've seen people that know how to say good morning that warms every limb in your body. We think we know everything. Rabbi Yelavin Zechon Lavacha, you know, the Ish Tzadikaya from Yerushalayim. I met him once and I gave him Shalom Aleichem. Listen, I've given a lot of people and big people Shalom Aleichem. No one gave me Shalom Aleichem like Rabbi Yelavin gave Shalom Aleichem. He was a genius. He took my hand, he took it with both hands. So a lot of people took both hands. I felt, I don't know, I thought I touched some type of electricity. I didn't know what it was. A warmth overtook me, and it was in a crowded room. It was by Yankel's Hassan. I didn't know what it was. Immediately I walked away. I said, this man is special. Something, something is here funny. For Shalom Aleichem. We, we, in a day, in one day, but we don't, we fail to realize it. In one day we have, I'm not talking only about Shalom Aleichem. Everybody has responsibilities. But if we have to say to ourselves, in a moment of truth, are we facing the, re the responsibilities with das, with symmetry? Mm. I hate to look at myself. Mm, children. One of the most complex situations in the world as a child. Go understand the child. I read the books on children, I buy the books on children, and I love to read it, and, 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 and I'm appreciative of any ounce of Enlightenment I can get about what a child is. You're your child. Complex should be complex should be complex. Moody. It's here it's screaming and there it's playing and here it's quality. It's like a stormy sea. Go deal with a child. But there are ways to deal. And then a husband and wife relationship. Perhaps it's more complex. So Shloyme HaMelech says a Mishli, a phenomenal posik. A room is empty. He says, Ubedas Hadorim Yimlo. He says, if your 
it, if the mechanism of intelligence is alert and sensitive and there's a force behind it that yearns to be intelligent and to be enlightened, wherever you will turn, you will see it's filled with responsibilities of what to do. Call home with precious things. I sat today with a person. I, I, I did him a favor. I learned with him. I worked with him hard. Gets up and walks away. Okay. I said to myself, a youngster, 15 years old, walks away. No, thank you. I said to myself, there's a gaping hole in his personality. Fine home, upper middle class, well-dressed, well-fed, well-housed. It, you see it? I'm doing you a favor and I'm and I'm working with you, not just you know sitting, you know, blah blah blah. And I'm picking you up out of the depths of your ignorance and you become enlightened. You weren't taught to say thank you, to be appreciative. It's not his fault. Because at home, no one in the wonderful people, their intelligence didn't see that aspect of existence. That has to be done. That's a task. That's a task to teach someone to say thank you. And I don't mean etiquette. Etiquette is shekel the cause of and hypocrisy. But I mean genuine, authentic feelings. You get up, you sit an hour with a person. I don't get paid. And if you pay the person $100 an hour, still the person helped you. The person exerted himself, he enlightened you, he took, it out of you. he took you out of the depths of not knowing, he showed you you can't know. Where's the thank you? I don't need his thank you. Because there, they didn't see that. Where you turn. With das, if a person, the person who, who, who's the person who wants to live with intelligence, who wants to live with intelligence, we're afraid to live with intelligence. We take so much, okay. Give me another little layer. But a person should abandon himself and commit himself to live in every aspect of his life with intelligence. We're afraid I'll get a nervous breakdown if I, if I live intelligently. <laughs> a fantastic possibility. He says, if you live with, if you strive to live with intelligence, wherever your gaze will fall, you'll have something significant to do, and you will bring sweetness into your life, pleasantness into your life, symmetry into your life. It's a, it's a big task. People, you know, it's a challenge. I'm not saying it's easy. And all I'm trying to explain and lead up to the significance of the bracha of Atachon Aladim Das. To the proportion that we don't use our Das, there's chaos in our lives. I remember an incident. My Rabbi Zechariah Lavacha told me on one of the trips he went there to Israel, so he was in Bnei Brak. He was riding in the car. So going back from Bnei Brak to Yerushalayim, one of the big Talmidicham Chum of Bnei Brak, he had a son that was nine years old. 
that had to go to your shlime, so he asked uh, my rabbi, is it possible for him to go in the car with you? Yeah. They get into the car those days, this was, goes back, they didn't have the quick roads, it probably took an hour and a half, an hour and three quarters to go from Bnei Brak to Yerushalayim. So the little boy had an orange with him. So the boy ate the orange and took off the peels and had it in a bag and placed it on his lap and he was holding it. Or it was a napkin. The Roshiva noticed that the boy's holding purposefully the shells on his lap. So he says to him, why don't you throw it out of the window? The boy says, what? You could be a mazik. Somebody could slip on it. The little kid from the Chayda, there in Bnei Brak, you know, that's the hotbed of, of the zealots. It's <laughs> like, I, I can't put it through. So he sat, he noticed it was an awkward position, holding, holding the orange peel on his hand, on his lap, Oh, I can't get out the window. A little kid already knew. <laughs> I have to tell you what goes on throwing something out of the window. <laughs> you just ride, you ride, you ride the streets of New York. I'm embarrassed to go. I go over sometimes the, 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 the 60th Street Bridge from Queens to Manhattan. So on the side of the bridge, there were mountains, I don't know, mountains of garbage. New York. What is it? It's a lack of das. The Torah wants that in the fluidity of life, in every aspect, wherever the gaze, wherever the intellectual gaze falls, it should be with that. Then you'll see what responsibility. This little boy already was a shtickle of prince. He learned nobility already. He was a little nobleman already. It's a nobility today. You know, throw out of the window. And teaching the child that, and that little, that's an aspect of life. Repsim Chazizel Kelema, to carry it, what seems to us to be an extreme. Repsim Chazizel Kelema was the Rosh Yeshiva in Kelem. And in the Yeshiva there was a Shamus. I don't know if many of you, you know what a Shamus is, uh, a sexton, he took care of the, of the menial things in Shul. And part of his salary was he had a goat. And next to the yeshiva, there was a plot of ground with grass, and the, go- and the goat uh, could feed over there on the grass. That was part of the salary. So Epson Kazizel happened uh, to, to pass by, and, and he, had, he had to step over the grass. And they noticed that Epson Kazizel, then Donna was inspecting his boot, and he was taking something, some blades of grass, out of his boots and throwing it back on the ground. They knew it's something of significance. They asked the rabbi, what are you doing, rabbi? He says, well, the grass belongs to the shamas, and it's food for the goat. He says, I might have taken away a little bit of grass. I caught on my boots. It was high grass. So he put it back. So you look at it and you say, ah, ah, come on. That's carrying it too far. Yes, it might be for us carrying it too far. It might be for us carrying it too far. But for the great man that he was, and for the type of functioning of das that he had in his worldview, he responded to that step on the grass. He filled it with, with a work of art. For, him, for us, it would be cuckoo, because we're not on that level. For us, it would be cuckoo, because we, we, our, our soul is rent asunder with more, more serious problems than putting back three blades of grass. 
for the big man, even there, he, he imbued greatness in stepping on the grass. That's the meaning of the Pasek. There was a, a, a big godel in Europe, a big rough came to visit Reb Chaim, Reb, Reb Chaim Briska in his, in his summer vacation in Polonga by the sea. And he, went, they, he asked, where is Reb Chaim Briska? And they told him he's sitting in shul learning. And he came to shul and he saw Reb Chaim sitting in a corner and he noticed that the shoemaker of the town in Europe, a shoemaker was, was, a, was a lowly position. And ignorant people, that's the way it was. He saw Reb Chaim sitting with the shoemaker and the shoemakers and Reb Chaim is bent, his head is bent over and he's seriously listening to the shoemakers talking in his ear and talking, talking. But it's a half hour, an hour, an hour, two hours he waited. The rub was fuming. Finally the shoemaker left. So he went over to this. How do you allow yourself to be harangued by a shuster, by a shoemaker, you repeter? Reb Chaim Briska said to him, what are you talking about? He has a broken heart. He has tragedies in his life. He says, you have to let him pour his heart out and listen to him attentively. I cannot explain to you, honestly, I don't know how much and how deep and how creative two hours of Torah learning meant to Reb Chaim Briska. But believe me, it was something extremely substantial and significant. But a broken heart, a person with a problem, a person has to cry, you have to lend an ear. I see people, they're friends, they're pals, they're wonderful. The other fellow wants to talk about a problem who's I don't want to hear. Talk to me. Keep, keep, it, keep it gay, keep it, uh, you know, keep it uh, pleasant. I don't want to hear any problems. I'm your friend, but your problems I don't want to listen to. That's the meaning of the posik. Could take out of two hours of conversation and make diamonds and jewels because, because that at that moment his das responded to that to that aspect of life. And when he was through with him, he was back to his gemara. And when we're mispal Show us where the jewels, show us where the richness of life is in our intelligence to respond to it. We think we are intelligent. We think, oh, that we're sophisticated. Woe is to us. And I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to myself. Woe is to us. We, we tread on the most precious things in the world because our intelligence doesn't want to gaze at it. There was a fight a few days between two boys in yeshiva. They insulted each other. So one boy said to me, he, he said to me this and this and this and this. I said, oh, that was mean, that was terrible. And he said that and that. And the, the, the boy that told me this is an intelligent person. I said to him, you know what the key to the problem is? It's because it was vis-a-vis. -vis. You, you let yourself down, you let yourself be hurt. You could have dissolved the whole anger had you said to him, you put his hand on the shoulder, listen here, friend, I didn't mean to hurt you. But you didn't have the humility to say that. You got up and start to rationalize and say this and say that, and he was aware that what you're telling him is baloney and babamysis. So as you told him different excuses, the angrier he got. But had you got up and had used your dad and said, I'm sorry, you can't say I'm sorry looks at me, he says, yes, it's hard for me to say I'm sorry. You know that there are people that can't say I'm sorry, I made a mistake. 
They will, in their minds, admit that they're wrong. They will not do what, that, that wrong again. But to say, to have the humility to say, I'm sorry, they can't say it. <laughs> How many people? The best of us. But when you say, I'm sorry, when you have to say, I'm sorry, you dissolve so much enmity, so much anger, so much hurt. So with one word, I'm sorry, you can fill a room with precious objects. That's the meaning of the das hadoramim love. The person who lives with das, the person who lives with das, wherever he turns the significance, whatever he touches is gold. Ubedas hadoramim love. I guess oh, there are highlights to the day. Highlights, but the pasuk is saying no. The Pasuk is saying that every step of the day can become significance in proportion to the das, to the symmetry that you create. 